Hi there, my name is Hannah Phillips and welcome to the second episode of Under the Broly season two. This podcast aims to educate and inform the wider community about the lesser known sexualities, gender identities, expressions, kinks and fetishes collectively known as LGBTQ+. My Umbrella LGBT Plus is a volunteer-led project of Reading Pride, which was launched in 2015 to raise awareness of these identities. My Umbrella can be reached in a number of ways, such as Facebook, Twitter, or on Instagram, or online via our online form on our website. The details are shown on your screen below. In this episode, we'll be discussing lesbian visibility and the history of the lesbian flags currently in circulation with special guest, VP of Member Services at Interpride, Debbie Brixey, whom is currently a committee member of Whitney Pride, former chair of Oxford Pride in 2019, and has helped out with Bista Pride and Abingdon Pride when they started out. Later in the show, we'll be joined by Chair and Secretary of Reading Autistic Pride, Rachel and Ian Cotton, covering World Autism Day. I'm the VP of Member Services at Interpride, which means that my role is to uh, reach out to the members and we are a global organization. We represent prides from, I think it's 70 plus countries around the world. Um, obviously everybody has their own challenges and what we're there is to make sure that people are aware of what is happening to try and support people to try and make people get together we're working very hard at the moment to re-establish a mentoring program so that we can get prides who um, may be struggling especially during this covid time to talk to other prides who've gone through things and to help with things like very very basic things sometimes like how to organize a parade all of that sort of thing because it differs from country to country it even differs from city to city so we're there to try and reach out and make sure that um, we represent the needs of our members we're there to uh, talk to people to um, highlight things that are happening throughout the world and, and my job is to try and make sure that the members get heard wherever they need to be heard we are in Rachel Cotton obviously a husband and wife team uh, Rachel is really the, the, the brains behind this outfit she's uh she headed up started uh autistic pride reading uh with the idea that uh we needed better representation for autistic people uh not just here but all around the country but we started you know we we were concentrating locally uh um just to uh produce more positivity into mm. the, the uh, yeah. autistic community. Uh, sorry, I should hand over to you since you're the brains. Oh, wow. <laughs> autistic pride isn't my concept, it's a general concept. We'll talk about more later on, but it is from, you know, previous pride movements, which we are over a lot too. Um, I just wanted to do something because I got diagnosed and I was just fed up with being faced with negativity. And I felt that you know, autistic people have higher levels of PTSD, we have higher levels of any mental health condition that you can think of. And I just feel that if we can at least start to feel good ourselves on the inside, we do better outside. So that's that's the reason behind it. And that's why we're here, because I'm autistic, um, kids are, he's not diagnosed, his choice. 
Um, but, you know, yeah, just try and start smashing it up a bit. Lesbian Visibility Day is an annual awareness campaign held on the 26th of April. Its origins are unknown, but the campaign is believed to have launched in 2008 and since spread across the world thanks to the internet. Pride and Visibility Days dedicated to different groups that make up the LGBTQ plus community are extremely important because they help raise awareness of the specific struggles and needs of each of these groups. Lesbian Visibility Day celebrates lesbian role models, culture and diversity, as well as raising awareness for the issues that lesbians have to face. In terms of medical issues, for example, many women who have sex with women neglect to see a gynecologist when they become sexually active and lack information about the prevention of STDs that can be transmitted during lesbian sex. As far as mental health issues are concerned, anxiety is more likely to appear among lesbian and bisexual women than heterosexual women. Depression is a significant problem among the lesbians who have to hide their sexual orientation, experience religious or ethnic discrimination, or go through relationship problems with no support system. Not to mention that corrective rapes and other hate crimes against lesbian women are still common in some parts of the world. Debbie, what are your thoughts? on this um i think it's very good to highlight um, the things that many many lesbian women have to go through um i think there's there's a slight tendency for lesbians to be not forgotten i think possibly overlooked i think is probably the expression mm -hmm. that i would use here because because <laughs> We, we cover a very wide range, as does everybody, obviously, but there's an awful lot of women who are affected by um, poverty. There are an awful lot of women who can't, um, can't join in with some of the things like Pride arranging, for instance. One of the reasons that I got involved with Pride was that I was aware of the fact there weren't many who were very visible within it. And I'm sure that part of the reason that you see me these days is because I am a very visible lesbian and you know I I don't care frankly I am a very visible lesbian for a reason because I want people to be able to say look there is somebody for instance you know I'm the VP of member services at Interpride and that that was a very deliberate thing because um you don't often see lesbians in roles at that level you see a few but not that many and so we need to be seen, and I think that part of the problem is that if if we do not see somebody who we recognise as part of ourselves or in some way, we feel that we're not welcome, and therefore all of the other things that go with it, the, the inability to uh, recognise yourself, and this applies to not just lesbians, obviously, um, but if you don't see somebody that you think well, that is somebody who will be sympathetic to what I'm saying, who will understand me, will know what I have gone through to get here, then we tend to just go, well, it's not for us. And historically, the Pride movement in particular has, as a rule, been gay white men. You know, that is what you tend to see. And I know there's a lot of women I've had conversations with who have just said, we don't feel heard. We, we don't feel that it's offering anything for us. So I think the more um, people see that lesbians are there and are prominent and are taking their place and having an opinion, the better, because 
we can then start to represent the things that matter to us. But for many years, when when I first came out, when I first moved to London as an out lesbian, I spent a lot of time almost introducing myself as, hello, I'm Debbie, I'm a lesbian. Almost like it was one sentence. (laughs) And and people would look at me, and and I know this is difficult to believe, but I actually look more like a lesbian then than I do now. and, and they would, and they'd look at me in this sort of, but of course you are, look at you, sort of fashion. And then I reached a point where I thought to myself, do you know what? All my heterosexual friends do not walk into rooms and say, hello, I'm so-and-so, I'm heterosexual. I'm not doing this anymore. And I spent quite a few years not being not out, but just not shouting about it. And then I reached a point where I realised that I was at a certain age and not enough had changed. There wasn't that much that had changed from 30 years previously. And I'm not saying how old I am, but just saying that. Um, and I just, I, I thought to myself, no, enough. No, you know, I, I, I did my bit, I thought, and, and I, I'd shouted about it quite a lot. And then I stopped shouting about it for a while. And then I was looking around and going, again, I still can't see me. I can't see people who look like me anymore. And I'm not saying everybody has to look like me. And I'm not saying that all lesbians must have very, very short hair and short fingernails and all those cliches. And many cats. I do have all of those things. And many cats in particular. Um, but it doesn't, it's, it's, it's that whole thing of, of if you are, for instance, a teenager and you are looking around you, you need to see something that makes you go, I'm not the only one. And this is what Pride is about for me and always has been. It's that, that first step that people take and if you look up on the television or the theatre or anywhere else where there's great visibility and you see nobody that looks anything like you sounds like you you just go well I must be wrong and this is where the problems lie I believe and this is what is an ongoing thing and I think the more women whatever they look like who identify and say excuse me but I think the more people will be empowered and, and that's that's basically why I wander around with bright red hair and go, hello, I'm a lesbian, again. And, and the day that people stop caring about what your sexuality is or your gender or whatever is the day you can stop shouting about it. Yeah. Which and that I, might be a long way off yet. Yeah, I, I, I feel I will be shouting for quite some time, unfortunately. There are several lesbian flags. This one has symbolised dating back to ancient Greece. In Greek myth, the Amazons were a tribe of warrior women living in Asia Minor, and they were associated with the double-headed Labyrinth Axe. The axe is also a symbol of goddesses Lafia, Artemis, and Demeter. In, 19, in the 1970s, lesbian feminists adopted the Labyrinth as their symbol. The Black Triangle dates back to the Nazi era. The Nazis rounded up antisocial lesbian and bisexual women and put them in concentration camps, just as they made Jewish people wear a yellow star of David and gay men wear a pink triangle. The Black Triangle was used to identify lesbians. Lesbians later adopted the triangle as gay men did the pink triangle as a defiant symbol of their community. Graphic designer Sean Campbell brought these symbols together to create the Labyrinth lesbian pride flag in 1999. Bear in mind, that's the same year I was born. Just putting it out there. (laughs) People, you know. (laughs) 
In the last few years, there have been some battles over the ownership of the flag. Some trans-exclusionary radical feminists known as TERFs have adopted it as their symbol. However, others have fought back, insisting that the TERFs use use of it doesn't mean the community should have to abandon it. Therefore, it continues to remain the flag for all. Debbie, what are your thoughts on this? I I absolutely love the Labrys. I think it is, it's possibly one of my favourite things. And when I saw it coming back into fashion and I'm seeing it on flags now in Pride, it, 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 it gladdens my heart, I will be absolutely truthful. The fact that it's being used by the turf community saddens my heart, um, but that's not going to stop me wearing it. I wore it in the 80s, I, I was saying in the break earlier on that I, I, had, I used to have it on a big, big t-shirt, and I mean, I'm talking massive uh, labrys on the front of it, on a pink triangle. I was very, very proud. I wore it all the time. I wore it to work. It really irritated people. It was great. Um, I used to have it as a very, very large earring that I used to just swing in meetings when people were not doing what I wanted them to do. Um, it was used on the lesbian strength banners uh, during the marches in the 80s. It, was, it formed the T of the strength on one of the lesbian strength marches in the late 80s. Um, it's a very, very powerful symbol and it's meant to be a powerful symbol and it is meant to um, show that we are here and that we should, you know, we should hold our place and we should hold our pride. And I think I really don't like the fact that anybody is using it in a way that is exclusionary it is it is there to show power rather than to take power that's my opinion the pink lesbian flag consists of six shades of red and pink colors and a white bar in the center the original design known as the lipstick lesbian flag includes a red kiss and was introduced in the weblog of this lesbian life in 2010 both the pink and the lipstick lesbian flags represent homosexual women who have a more feminine gender expression. The original flag has not been widely adopted. However, its non-kiss variation attracted more use. The term has also been used as derogatory term from within the community. For example, a more masculine in identifying expressing lesbian might call a more feminine identifying expressing lesbian not a real lesbian, just a lipstick lesbian, implying that their sexuality is not complete because they still adhere to social expectations of femininity. Debbie, what are your thoughts on this? I think that nobody should be told what is or isn't a lesbian and just because the way you present is not anybody's business is what I actually think. Um, I'm actually married to a lipstick lesbian, would you believe? <laughs> um, and we do this whole butch and femme thing and we do it mainly to, to take the mickey out of people because there is these assumptions. I'd like to point out that my lipstick lesbian wife is currently in the garden with a chainsaw. <laughs> putting that out there. <laughs> is what she is doing however she you know I, I have never been interested in makeup and things like that I'm just not you know it's, it's as simple as that it doesn't interest me but that doesn't make me look at a woman who's wearing makeup and go hmm you must be because I just think it's absolute nonsense I think everybody should be allowed to identify in any way they want I did have actually somebody come up to me at a pride festival once when I was selling flags and they said what is this flag what is a lipstick lesbian they said and i pointed myself and said clearly not me which caused great mirth <laughs> and then my wife arrived and i went 
that would probably be one. Um, you know, it, 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 yes, I've heard the term and I have heard it used in a very derogatory fashion about people and to, to be, you know, serious about the matter for, for a moment, it, there has also historically been some ill feeling from the lesbian community towards bisexual women. Um, and in a very unpleasant fashion, and I'm hoping that you know we're actually getting over that and realizing that we should treat everybody with respect would be quite nice, and just be kind. And and we shouldn't be judging people by the way that they look. You know, I know gay men who wear much more makeup than me and much more makeup than my wife, and you know, so and it doesn't really matter. It's 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 a very strange thing. I quite like the lesbian flag, but. I probably wouldn't wander around with the, the one with the, the lipstick on it because people would think I was a bit strange because I don't look like I would be doing so. But I just think that everybody can identify whatever whatever flag they feel like. And, and if they feel that that flag I get is what they identify with, it's not for us to tell them. As a woman who doesn't wear makeup, um, it is always quite interesting how people you know, everyone views you differently if you wear makeup or don't wear makeup. Sometimes I go through a phase of wearing makeup and I notice that people are much nicer to me. And then of course, if you are in a marginalized community, um, you know, it's really important that you still have people be nice to you even if you don't choose to present the same way. The butch lesbian flag is designed to represent lesbians with a more masculine or dominant personality style or identity. It's redesign of the original rainbow flag and the pink lesbian flags, which is associated with more femme lipstick lesbians. The color scheme of blues, purples and greys and white was apparently just designed as a butch makeover of the flag. Debbie, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I can't say that I'm particularly fond of this flag. I find the whole butch lesbian argument um, a, a bit of a, a strange thing, you know. I, I have stood at, at many a Pride event or a, a, an event in a gay pub or something over the years, and they've gone, oh, the lesbians are in, you can tell by the sensible shoes. <clears throat> Again, um, I think I think we're always in danger of pigeonholing people just because they are one thing or another visually, which doesn't actually make it true. And I think that it, it, it makes it very, very difficult for people who um, are not necessarily identifying as any of those things, who are just themselves. And everybody has the right to be just themselves. I personally wouldn't necessarily describe myself as a butch lesbian. Um, I know that sounds like a strange thing. I wouldn't say that I'm not a butch lesbian, but it wouldn't be the first thing I said about myself, <laughs> to be absolutely true. Um, and, and I, therefore, I find myself in a bit of a dichotomy, if you pardon the pun, of going, well, you know, do I do I like this flag? Do I not? I prefer the Labrys flag because I think it speaks of strength and it speaks of womanhood and it speaks of many, many things. I would probably, if, I, if I'm absolutely truthful, I would go rainbow or Labrys flag. Those are the two things that I always identify under and I'm quite happy to identify under those. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to sit there and go, well, actually, I really don't like your flag. Um, you know, it's, I, I, I think that 
if you start saying, well, you have to have this flag because you look in a particular way, that you're on a very slippery slope. A new lesbian flag modelled after the seven banded pink flag was introduced on Tumblr in 2018, with colours dark orange representing gender nonconformity, orange for independence, light orange for community, white for unique relationships of womanhood, pink for serenity and peace, dusty pink for love and sex, and dark rose for femininity. A five strike version was soon derived from the 2018 colours. In 2020, controversy arose over who had actually introduced an orange and pink lesbian flag. Debbie, what are your thoughts on this? I'm not entirely sure. If I'm absolutely truthful, I'm not entirely sure. I'm very much in favour of the gender nonconformity being recognised as part of our community. Because again, I think that takes that back to the, you know, you could be very, very, very good and wear lipstick. And there is nothing that says that you can't. And there is nothing that says you shouldn't be able to and there shouldn't be. Um, and you can be very, very, very femme and wave a chainsaw around in my garden. I don't mind. It, it, the gender nonconformity part of it, I have to say, appeals to me. The rest of it, I'm not entirely sure is the truth. Pre-pandemic, we travelled over 5,000 miles by road and by train, supporting Pride events across the south of the UK. We have also officiated a number of training events for Blue Chip and global organisations, presenting to them what they need to know about LGBTQ plus matters and how to be more inclusive. Please don't forget to click the like button and to subscribe, and also don't forget to hit the bell button on YouTube to ensure that you catch the next episode of Under the Brolly. We also have an Etsy store where you can buy our guide to LGBT+, as well as key rings, badges, coasters, and more with your flag on it. All handmade by our team of volunteers. This helps us do what we do, especially in these more challenging times. World Autism Awareness Day is an internationally recognized day on the 2nd of April every year, encouraging member states and the United Nations to take measures to raise acceptance about autistic people. We're joined by Rachel and Ian Cotton from Reading Autistic Pride. Hello. Today we have got some questions for Rachel and Ian from Reading Autistic Pride. The first question that I have to ask you today is, who is who is the autistic community and is it true they are more likely to be LGBTQ plus? Okay. Well, the autistic community is still vastly underdiagnosed. So at the minute, there's, um, the most accurate figure we have is from the United States that says one in 49, one in 59 or 56. Um, there was a study done in South Korea that showed one in 35, and I suspect that one is much more accurate. Um, currently, we are not diagnosing uh, people who are born female. That's an important distinction to make because not everybody always presents as female or continues to stay presenting as female. Um, and they're always underdiagnosed. Even men that present in what is considered to be a feminine way, excuse the binary, I know it doesn't exist, but this is how the diagnosticians see it. They get underdiagnosed too. And obviously anyone who is from any ethnic minority is underdiagnosed. 
So the autistic community is quite is a lot larger than we currently think. I would suggest it's about one in 30, possibly a bit higher, given if you have the caveat for the one in 56, you know, that essentially you, you double it. Um, and yes, a lot more likely to be LGTB plus. There was a study done, uh, a bit of research done within the community about five years ago that showed that only 49% of autistic men identified as straight, which I thought was fascinating. Similar, much higher women as well, you know, similar levels of, of um, neuroqueerness and across the whole board of um, autistic expression and, and people. So yes, we don't know why that is. It's fascinating. It's not discussed much. Academics aren't particularly interested in, in looking into it, but I think they should. And also particularly trans people as well. One study claimed that every single trans person was autistic. And I've spoken to a lot of trans people about that and they're not particularly happy about it. So that's fair enough. And other studies seem to suggest it's about 50%. Either way, autistic people are more likely to be gender diverse. I have a, I have a theory and it is only a sort of sketchy theory that uh, the reason you get a higher incidence in the autistic community is that autistic people tend to be more honest. Yes, so they that. tend not to disguise who they are. Yeah. I don't think that necessarily accounts for entirely for the difference, but it may account for some of them. What problems do autistic people face in the community? Okay. I wanted to be asked this because it's very similar in some ways to the LGBTQ plus community. You know, it's a problem of representation and visibility. Um, and also, as well as not being seen, when we are seen, people don't like it. Now that's obviously, well, that's, that's a problem you face too, sadly. Um, you know, they, they did a really interesting piece of research very recently in the last year, where they had a group of autistic people, a group of non-autistic people. And they said to the autistic people, who are you likely to talk to or approach a conversation with? And the autistic people essentially said everybody. And then they asked the non-autistic people the same question and they only chose non-autistic people to speak to. They didn't necessarily want to talk to autistic people. So it's, and the, the difficulty with that is that a lot of the education that we go through at school is that we are taught that we have to hide ourselves, we have to be more socially compliant, we have to do X, Y, and Z. And things we actually already are. It's other people rejecting us and we have no power about what people think about us. You know, we, we, we can't do anything about it. So all the things that we're told to do, be more resilient, be more accepting, be more this, well, we are. It's just that everyone else isn't. So, you know, and obviously that, that carries on lifelong. So autistic people have high rates of PTSD. Uh, we have high rates of suicide. Um, and we also die earlier as a result. Um, part of the problems of, of the communication that we face is um, we express pain differently. So if we go to the doctor, we won't get diagnosed with the same rate as, as a non-autistic person would. And the NHS has done some really interesting research and it shows that autistic people, general age of death is 55. I'm 49, he's 57. So you can imagine how we feel about that. And if you have a learning disability, it's even low, it's about 36. So if you're autistic with a learning disability, you're, you're, the lifespan that you can expect in this country, 2021 is 36 years old, especially if you're female. What is ABA therapy? Okay, well, again, glad we're talking about this. Wanted to bring it up. In the um, House of Commons at the minute, and quite recently, we've been talking about conversion therapy for gay people, uh, LGBT people, obviously. I think it was mainly aimed at men, I'm not entirely sure, but it's the, same, it's the same theory and it's aimed at autistic people. Exactly the same thing. Guy called Love Us. Um, 
described autistic people as not being essentially human until we've learned how to behave properly. Um, it's, uh, it's just exactly the same as conversion therapy. It's meant to change in one state to another. You know what conversion therapy does to the autistic people. If you pass community, it's doing it to the autistic one. The big problem is, is that lots of people don't see the harm that it causes. We've only had one study to show that it causes PTSD and hardly anyone is listening. And there's a lot of money behind it. Um, and, it and it feels quite vulnerable, to be honest. A lot of big charities use it. I'm not gonna name names for obvious reasons. And they use it to control and coerce people in the, in the care homes and in schools. And you can see why some of the problems happen in some of the care homes because people are, have got PTSD from where they're being treated. Of course, they're going to act out. What does that have to do with the queer community? Because we're treated essentially the same way, um, but we're quite a few years behind, I think, in our in our response to it. Um, you know, you've had conversion therapy. You've had a lot of um, comments against it, and it's now finally being discussed as being a bad thing, being recognised universally as a bad thing. Whereas ABA for us is still unilaterally seen as the best treatment that you can have. We, we, could, we could have um, so like if you're in the states for example and you're trying to get insurance to treat your kid everyone says oh you need to put the ABA therapy you don't need any therapy we're just autistic we need a sensory appropriate environment we need somewhere it's not too loud you know where we can hear what's going on where we can see what's going on we don't need therapy to help us cope with that because if we cope with it we'll end up breaking down somewhere else so what is autistic pride okay well it's a concept that came up with by Gwen Nelson, who used to run a group called Aspies for Freedom, I think right back in the 1990s in Wales. Um, they had an idea that they should celebrate being autistic to combat the, the hatred felt towards autistic people. Um, and they had a person whose birthday it was on June 16th. Um, and they decided that would be their autistic pride day. Um, and it was it, it celebrated now within the community just to kind of cope with the ableism that we face on a daily basis. And uh, it does draw its inspiration both from the gay pride movement and the black pride movement as well. You know, the black pride was 50s, 60s, gay pride sort of got going in 70s, 80s, I guess, you know. And, and I think it's just the thing that it's quieter because we obviously, we're autistic, we don't like loud noises. And lots, of, lots of bright colors, sadly, some of us love it, but you know, we have to try and make, make it accessible to everybody. But it's, it's just a general movement within the community to say, you know, we're here, we don't want to be ABA'd, we want to live our lives without being bleached. Um, bleaching is when they um, put bleach up the anuses of autistic children to rid them of intestinal parasites um, that they think will then cure the person of being autistic. So it's just a stand against that. It sometimes feels like quite a lonely place to be, not within the autistic community, but in the community at large, because it's like, why are you proud of a disability? Why are you proud of being disordered? In Reading, <laughs> how long have it been going on pre-pandemic? Um, oh, I think we did it for about five years. We did speak to Reading Pride via Facebook before we did the first one, because I was worried about appropriating the name Pride. Um, that was quite important to me because obviously so many of the members of the community are going to be from the LGBTQ community. Um, that thought it was really good that we, you know, we don't put any backs up um, to start off with it. And you were fine with it, so they were fine with it. So that, that was really good. Um, and we've just started off, we, we do it in the, 
so-called Prospect Park trains. And we've started off at 300 people coming here. We're now up to 800. And we're trying to focus more on attracting the diverse populations that are represented within, within the community, trying to make sure we've got everything. That's why we have My Umbrella and Reading Pride there a few, um, I think, two years ago now, pre-pandemic. Because um, we would we would normally be planning one in, in a couple of months' time, yeah, 2019, and that was great. I'm happy there. We we really appreciated that because it you know gave us an extra something. With the <laughs> five plan, are there any plans to have an autistic pride in Reading this year? We've been going backwards and forwards on this one. I don't think it's safe. Um, the biggest community to die um, as a result of COVID was the learning disabled community. Now one in 20% of the autistic community also has a learning disability. Those aren't the official figures, but those are figures referred to within the community, so I'll rely on those. They're better done. And to protect that community, I don't think it's safe. The learning disabled community bore the highest brunt, mainly through the care home scandals and things, of COVID. So I think one in 36 of the deaths was from a learning disabled person, which was the highest one. So I don't think we can open up until everyone's safe. We are doing an online one. So if people go to the Autistic Pride Alliance, they will see details there and we will share details on our own social media. Um, we did one last year. Uh, we yeah. did an online event with uh, the other Autistic Pride organisations and uh, you can find it on YouTube. Yeah, I think that the more we have conversations like this, the more useful they are for us to understand and for us not to make um, Swinging judgments, I think, is probably what I would, would say, is that people assume that they know, having spoken to one person, what everybody needs, and, and it's not correct. Mm. And I think that we need to have this conversation and keep having this conversation and people, until people actually understand what, what, what that line is and where we need to address it. And I think that um, I'm very grateful for this conversation, actually, now because I now know something I didn't know before. Well, I know several things I didn't know before, which is great. This episode and all of our previous episodes can be found on our website at www.myumbrella.org.uk. Or you can listen to it on the go via Spotify and iTunes. Just search for Under the Broly. Before we say our goodbyes, to close this episode, we do have an amazing charity single released on the 12th of February, 2012. It does get better by The L Project to raise awareness of homophobic bullying and the meaning of behind the song still rings true today. And on that note, it's a farewell from me and it's also a farewell from Debbie, Ian and Rachel. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. the wall and thinking nothing at all do you think nothing at all for the ones who can't see or not hear any sounds in this life try to feel what that's like cause no one gets to decide when days don't seem right just shine, cause this life is yours. 